Brick Moon Fiction presents Instance 68 by Stephanie Jessup Narrated by Leah Casey Her boss wore a fanny pack. It contrasted starkly with his business attire, and Summer found it impossible not to notice or think about every time she saw him. Any calls? Summer looked up from her phone. Hasn't rung all week, Mr. Phipps. Please, it's Nathan. He craned his neck to glimpse her phone. What game is that? Summer reflexively tensed, before remembering he didn't care if she was on her phone or not. Nathan was actually the coolest boss she'd ever had, regardless of his fashion choices. She shrugged. It's really dumb. It's like a dating game, but you mostly just help the characters with their problems. Like you have dialogue options and you have to say the right things to get them to work through their emotions to make them like and trust you. I don't know. I like it. He nodded in an absent way that suggested he wasn't really listening. If there are any calls today, you'll just have to take a message. People will be coming to meet with me this afternoon. You don't need to talk to them. They know where to go. Nathan stalked out of the lobby and down the hall toward his office. She could hear the metallic jingle of whatever was in the fanny pack. Sometimes, she thought it was loose change, but sometimes she couldn't be sure from the sound. It was definitely metal, though. She liked that she didn't have to hide being on her phone at this job. Nathan had let her know when she started two weeks ago that he didn't really care how she killed time during the day, as long as the phone got answered. She hadn't been given anything else to do. It was dull, but she had definitely had worse temp jobs. She looked up as the lobby doors swung open, and a squat, bald man in a pricey-looking suit came in. He barely glanced in her direction before heading off down the hall toward the conference room. Summer shrugged and went back to her phone. Summer! A male voice from down the hall demanded her attention. It was the intern, Dante. He came padding down the hall with a cup of coffee in each hand. Dante was always running around the office barefoot for some reason. A woman followed him. Summer hadn't seen her come into the building. She was eating cup noodles with a plastic fork. Summer set her phone down as Dante handed her one of the mugs. Thanks. Dante smiled and sat on the corner of Summer's desk. He nodded at the other woman. This is Carmen. Apparently, I can't handle all the non-existent intern duties on my own, so they brought someone else aboard. A new intern? I didn't see you come in this morning. Carmen stuck her fork into her noodle cup to shake Summer's hand. Yeah, I got here super early. Like, super early. I was really excited to start here. Summer and Dante exchanged a look of mild disbelief. Well, hope you're not too disappointed. Nothing happens here. Dante nodded at Summer's cell phone. See you're getting lots done. Oh, yeah. Updated all my social media profile pics after I found this cute filter I liked, and I planted a bunch of crops in my pretend town. Did you feed the pretend cats in the cat app? Summer nodded solemnly. I did. Dante sipped his coffee and nodded. 
Then you got about as much done today as we did. I don't know what they even wanted interns for. They don't show us shit or let us do anything. Summer pulled a sugar packet from her desk and tore it open. I've been here two weeks, and I don't even know what this company does. She dumped the sugar into her coffee and tossed the crumpled packet toward the wastebasket, missing by several inches. Well, according to the internship application, here at the Ingress Agency, our mission is to synergistically facilitate interdependent meta-services in order to be the best in the world. Summer stirred her coffee with a plastic spoon from her desk. What the hell does that mean? Dante shrugged. Hell if I know. He picked up Summer's crumpled sugar packet and twisted it in his hands. I've been here all summer, and all I've been allowed to do is make coffee and order Nathan's lunch. So why did you want to intern here? I didn't really. I just had to get some kind of something, or my parents weren't going to keep paying for my car insurance. If they don't want me to actually do any work here, that's a win-win. Carmen gaped at them. Oh my god. Are you guys serious? I was dying to work here. I couldn't believe it when I saw they needed an intern. Summer's eyebrows furrowed. Why? Carmen set down her noodle cup and made a show of looking down the hall for any eavesdroppers before whispering to them conspiratorially. I want to find out if the stories about Ingress are true. What stories? About what's in the back room. The one with all the locks. The payroll room? Carmen shook her head. You don't need to lock a whole room for payroll. You just need a safe or something, and they wouldn't even need that here. This is not like a place with customers coming in and paying cash. There's no reason to keep money on the premises. Dante frowned. So what are you saying? You guys seriously don't know about the Ingress Agency conspiracy theories? There's like a whole subreddit that's just about this place. Demons? Aliens? Interdimensional time travel shit? Summer straightened in her chair. What? Oh my god, how did you not know this? Google it! Summer and Dante both pulled out their phones. Carmen watched their faces with satisfaction as they read the search results. Wild, right? Like, obviously, I don't think there's actually demons or aliens here. But like, read it. There's enough weird shit that it made me want to see for myself. And then I saw they needed an intern, so... Summer scoffed as she continued to read. Come on. Dante looked up from his phone. This says interns working here last year disappeared? Carmen nodded. You knew that? What the fuck? What? You've been here all summer. You're fine. We're fine. He scanned through more of the subreddit. Oh, man. What the fuck is in that back room? Carmen's eyes shone with excitement. That room has so many threads about it. Too many for there to be nothing in there. Summer thought about it for a moment. Nathan is gonna be in a meeting this afternoon. If we were ever gonna sneak back there... Carmen clapped her hands together. Yes, if we can catch anything remotely cool or mysterious on camera, we'll be internet famous. 
Dante looked back and forth between them. Y'all are both crazy. Summer sipped her coffee thoughtfully for a second. Internet famous. Come on, Dante. We just wait until the meeting gets going, then go snap a few quick pics of that room. The door's covered in locks. Keys are in Nathan's desk. I saw them last week when he lost his cell phone and asked me to check if he left it in there. Carmen was bouncing on the balls of her feet. Dante sighed. We're gonna get fired. No, we'll be super quick. Whatever his meeting is, it's gonna take more than two minutes, and that's all we need. They all jumped as the lobby doors swung open, and a thin, sharp-eyed woman in a business suit strode in. She didn't even glance at the receptionist desk, but headed down the hall with purposeful strides. Summer gave Dante a prodding look. That meeting is gonna start soon. We're gonna get in trouble. You've been whining the entire time I've been here about how bored you are. Yeah, but it's just gonna turn out to be a room with filing cabinets in it or something, and we're still gonna get fired over it. You know you want to do it, and you don't want to be the big chicken that sat out in the lobby because he was scared of getting in trouble. I don't want to be the person who has to look for a new job where I might actually have to do shit. The lobby door opened again, and a tall, pale man in a gray suit came in. Unlike the others, he actually approached the reception desk. Summer set down her coffee and straightened in her chair. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Ingress Agency. How can I help you? The tall man drew in his breath and leaned over the receptionist desk to speak to Summer. This is where 68 is being contained? Summer opened her mouth to answer, but she was cut off by Nathan's voice calling from the conference room down the hall. Ellis, we're in here. The tall man, Ellis, drew in his breath again before turning and disappearing down the hall. Once he was gone, Summer and Carmen looked at Dante. Okay, yeah, let's see what's in that room. I'm having second thoughts about this. The three of them stood in the hall, looking at the door. The door. Summer had walked past this door dozens of times over the past two weeks on trips to the bathroom and not thought anything of it. But now, it was all different. Carmen took the keys from her. They had waited until Nathan's meeting had been underway with the conference room doors closed for about ten minutes before going into his office and grabbing the keys from his desk. Phones at the ready, guys. One of you take video, and one of you snap pics. Carmen unlocked the two bolts, and then the main lock. She stuffed the keys into her pocket, and turned the knob. Ready? Summer held up her phone and took a deep breath. Yeah, do it. Dante had his phone in his hand, but wasn't holding it up. He nodded. Carmen opened the door. Filing cabinets. Dante's voice was full of relief. Carmen went in and looked around wildly and unhappily. Filing cabinets? No. No, this can't be all there is. Summer lowered her phone and stepped inside. 
It was a small, windowless room, with tall filing cabinets lining the back wall. That was it. She sighed. Well, I guess we should have known. How likely was it ever going to be that Reddit would be right about something? Carmen still wasn't satisfied. She pulled open one of the filing cabinet drawers. It's completely empty. She pulled open the drawer beneath it. What the hell? Summer pulled open two more drawers. They can't all be empty. Nathan comes in here like five times a day. Dante hung back in the doorway. Okay, there's nothing in here. Let's lock it back up. Carmen was still checking drawers. There has to be something. She jerked open another drawer. And another. There's nothing here, Carmen. Damn it! Carmen kicked the wall. A seam appeared in the wall near her feet. She stooped and pried at the seam with her fingertips. It pried away, revealing a hidden drawer. I knew it! She pulled out a metal box with a latch holding it shut. Summer pulled a file folder from the box as well. The Ingress Agency logo was stamped on it. Carmen eyed it eagerly. What are you waiting for? We need to read it. Summer flipped through the pages of the file. There were several large, glossy photographs of people. An old woman with dark, wrinkled skin, a pale and lanky teenage boy, an obese man with a beard, a curly-haired woman with large, dark eyes. Each was shown sitting alone in a folding chair in the middle of a large, windowless room. Behind the photographs was a document with coffee cup stains on it. Summer read aloud, Ingress Agency. Summary of Instance 68. Subject was obtained on August 23, 2017. Subject has been rated highly hostile by IKT. Its world of origin is unknown. Information on its abilities is limited and further testing is required. However, occurrences of temporal disruption and dimensional displacement have been documented. In addition, the subject has been recorded manifesting physical traits in mimicry of its victims. It has been shown to have a sensitivity to iron which seems to restrict its... Wait. Stop. Back up. Victims? That's what it says. But I mean, I don't know what any of this actually means. Summer and Dante exchanged apprehensive looks. Carmen was still examining the box turning it over in her hands, fascinated. When Summer stopped reading, she suddenly looked up. Keep going. Summer flipped to the next page in the file. Interview Transcript Ingress, Instance 68 1530, August 24, 2017, UTC Interviewer N. Phipps Phipps Good afternoon. Instance 68. I don't want to be here. Phipps. I just want to ask you some questions. Instance 68. I don't want to be here. Phipps. Can you describe any discomfort you experienced during confinement? Instance 68. 
I was alone. Phipps. I'm sorry if you're unhappy. We've gone to a lot of trouble to have this chance to speak with you. Instance 68. You are not sorry. Phipps. Do you have a name? Instance 68. You are not sorry. Phipps. What should I call you? Instance 68. You are not sorry. Phipps. Inaudible. You some questions about what you did to the restaurant in Florida. It was very impressive. Instance 68. You think I can be controlled? Phipps. Not at all. I just want to ask you questions. Instance 68. You think... Inaudible. Phipps. That's not true. Can I ask you about the people that were inside the restaurant? Are they still alive? Instance 68. They may be. Phipps. Do you not know? Or do you just not want to tell me? Instance 68. Laughs. Dante snatched the file out of her hands. Hey! Nope, we're done. I've heard all of that I want to hear. He brushed past her to shove the file back into its drawer. Let's make a copy of it at least. Hell no. Put the box in the drawer. Now. We're done. Carmen clutched the box more tightly and shook her head. We haven't even opened it yet. And we're not about to. Carmen took a step back. There could be important evidence in here. Or something really cool. Dante reached out for the box, but Carmen only took another step back. He made a grab for it, and there was a brief tug of war, which ended with Dante losing his footing and staggering backwards as the box flew out of Carmen's hands and landed on the floor on its side. The lid came open less than an inch. For a moment, the three of them stood staring at it, no one willing to pick it up first. Then Carmen bent down. Be careful! Dante's voice came out in a hiss. It's just a box! She broke off as hundreds of tiny, twisted little bits of what might have been plastic came tumbling out of the box. At first... It seemed they were all hooked together as they seemed to move together as one, but after hitting the floor in a clump, they began to move independently of each other. All three of them backed away as the twisted bits of whatever it was skittered around on the floor. Summer thought for a moment they looked more like wood. A moment later, she would have called them glass. Dante retreated into the hallway. The twisted bits skittered across the floor after him. Oh, fuck! He scrambled back, but the twisted bits sped past him, disappearing down the hall with shocking speed. Where did it... they go? Carmen stood holding the now-empty box. Summer looked back and forth between them and made a decision. Okay, give me the box. Carmen didn't move, but allowed Summer to take the box out of her hands. She relatched the box and set it back inside the hidden drawer, 
snatched the scattered file back up, arranged the papers inside as best she remembered, and set that back in the drawer too. Okay, give me the keys. She ushered Carmen out into the hall and relocked the door. Okay, we put the keys back, and we're cool. Dante gaped at her in disbelief. How are we cool? Did you not see those things? Summer was already headed for Nathan's office to put the keys back. The other two followed her. I saw them. They didn't hurt us. Dante followed her into the office as she put the keys back in place. What the fuck were they? I don't know. Yeah, they're weird, but they're very small. I mean, what can they do? No. That was something messed up, and I'm leaving. And if you're smart, you'll come with me. We can't. It's the middle of the workday. Summer cocked her head. Do you hear that? They both looked at her. I think the phone up front is ringing. She turned and ran down the hall. As Summer reached the lobby, she skidded to a halt. Nathan was standing at her desk, the phone receiver in his hand. Summer heard a voice, a soft, small voice, a child's voice. It was coming from everywhere. I don't want to be here. Nathan heard it too, because he dropped the phone and jerked his head around as though looking for the source of it. Where are you? How did you get out? The small voice came from everywhere. I was alone. Nathan took deep breaths and slowly picked the phone up and set it back on its base. Stepping away from the desk, he noticed Summer's presence. She opened her mouth to speak, but he shook his head at her. I don't want to be here. Nathan spoke authoritatively, but Summer could see his hands shaking. His hand went to the zipper of his fanny pack, but he didn't open it. You can't get out of the building. We've made sure of that. Why don't you come out, and we'll talk about this. You think you can keep me here? We have kept you here. Let's talk it out. We don't want to hurt you, and you don't want to hurt us. I want to hurt you. No, you don't. I want to hurt you. That wouldn't get you anywhere. You still won't be able to leave. I want you to die. If we all die, then you'll be trapped forever. You can't leave this place on your own. I promise you that. The voice answered from everywhere. You think you can control me? I will kill you all. Summer realized that Dante and Carmen were now standing right behind her. She heard the door to the conference room open and turned to see the people who had come in earlier. The bald man, the tall woman, and the pale man Nathan had addressed as Ellis stepped out into the hall. Ellis's expression was fearful, but the other two looked merely confused. Ellis brushed past the others and strode toward the lobby where Nathan was. 
Summer felt Dante step closer to her before he whispered in her ear. Did you tell them? Summer shook her head and shushed him. Nathan and Ellis were whispering together. The voice came from everywhere. You think you can control me. I will kill you all. Dante grabbed her arm and hissed at her. We have to tell them. Before Summer could answer, Nathan and Ellis turned to them. Nathan waved everyone to come into the lobby. Everyone in here. Ellis whispered to Nathan again. Nathan nodded in response to whatever was said and unzipped his fanny pack. From inside, he pulled a long, thin steel chain. He handed one end of it to Ellis and took the other, stepping several paces away from him until the chain stretched out several feet. No one else had moved. Nathan made an impatient gesture for them to come to him. Then the building shook. Summer stumbled and felt Carmen grab her arm. It only lasted a moment, then it was over. Nathan hissed at them urgently. Get over here now! Summer jogged over with Carmen at her side. She looked out of the glass lobby doors and came to an abrupt stop, causing Dante to bump into her from behind. It's dark outside. I want to hurt you. Then things happened very fast. Nathan and Ellis moved quickly to encircle the group, including themselves, with the chain. Summer was pressed in between Dante and Carmen, as though they were trying to fit too many people into an elevator. I want to hurt you. The ground quivered, not nearly so dramatically as before. There was a crackle in the air, like static electricity. And then it stopped. I want to hurt you. Nathan let out a loud sigh, and Summer realized he was immediately behind her. He stepped back, though. He and Ellis let the chain go slack. Summer heard part of it hit the floor. The alarm in Ellis's voice made her jump. It got Simon and Emily! Ellis and Carmen had been blocking her view of most of the lobby. As they stepped aside, she saw them. The bald man and the tall, thin woman with the sharp eyes, Simon and Emily, she supposed, were standing several feet away from them. Something was very wrong with them, but it took Summer's brain a few moments to understand what it was. They weren't moving. The man, Simon, was taking a step toward them, his eyes focused on something ahead of him. But he was perfectly still. The woman, Emily, stood awkwardly on one foot, the other behind her in the air. It was a position she shouldn't have been able to hold. She should have fallen. But not only did she remain upright, she was completely frozen. What happened? Are they... Nathan cut her off, brushing past her to examine Emily and Simon more closely. Damn. Why didn't they listen and come here when I told them to? Ellis walked a circle around the two frozen people, taking in every detail of them. I didn't believe it. Nathan, you were telling the truth. 
why isn't it talking to us now? Nathan took a deep breath and shook his head. If our information is right, it's going to rest a bit after doing something like this. How long? No idea. We don't think it can do this sort of thing often, but we don't know... anything, really. Summer took a step closer. Seeing two people completely, utterly motionless was unnerving in a way she wouldn't have been able to explain. Are they dead? Nathan and Ellis exchanged a look. Are they dead? Probably. Probably? Nathan threw up his hands. Their hearts aren't beating. So yes, they're dead. Can it be undone? Can they still be okay? I have no idea. It's not something we know how to do, so they may as well be dead. The volume of Carmen's voice was amplified with alarm. I have to get out of here! She made for the door, but both Nathan and Ellis moved to block her way. Nathan was clearly trying to keep his voice calm, but only partially succeeded. We can't. Summer became aware that her hands were shaking, and her heart was beating hard. What do you mean? You can't keep us here. We don't know a lot about this thing, and the things we know, we're not totally sure of. We know it has a problem with iron. Iron doesn't seem to kill it, but touching iron does seem to have a paralyzing effect on it. Every exterior doorframe, threshold, and door handle in this building are iron. In its natural state, it's not one body. It's hard to describe. 68 is... Like little plastic jacks that skitter across the floor. How do you know that, Summer? Summer couldn't get any more scared than she already was. We let it out. We didn't mean to. Nathan looked furious, but shook his head. Okay. It doesn't matter. Actually, that makes me feel a little better that it wasn't able to get out on its own. Carmen cut him off. You can't keep us here. I'm leaving. Again, she tried to get to the door. Again, Nathan and Ellis blocked her. Carmen turned to Summer and Dante. They can't keep us here. But Summer wanted to know more. She looked past Carmen at Nathan. You think if we leave, it might get out? Nathan nodded. I don't think it can get out on its own, or it would have just done that. It chose to talk to us, to threaten us. So I think it's a safe bet. It's trapped. Nathan. Everyone looked at Ellis, and then at what Ellis was looking at. The frozen people. There had been two of them. Now, there were three. There was Emily, Simon, and another Simon. Summer stared back and forth between the two Simons. She heard Nathan and Ellis talking, but they sounded far away somehow. I was afraid of this. It's taken human form. Why isn't it moving? 
I'm not sure. I think it's afraid it will give itself away if it moves. Do you remember which one is actually Simon? I think that one. Or, no, I'm not sure. Then we chain them both. We'll have to be careful. It can be... Carmen was practically yelling. But what? But it must think it has a shot if it's getting this close. It knows. He seemed to be talking more to himself than anyone else. It knows I'll just put the chain on it. What's it planning to do? Ellis stepped toward him. Summer saw that he was gripping Carmen by the arm, pulling her along, preventing her from running for the door. We need to be careful, Nathan. I think it wants us to try to put that chain around it. I think it thinks it can kill us faster than we can do that. Can it? Nathan was pacing now. Summer saw beads of sweat on his forehead. I don't know. We were going to test it, put it in a controlled environment with the subject, see what it could and couldn't do. We didn't get to. He was on the other side of the room by now, pacing in front of a window. It could be bluffing, trying to scare us out of capturing it, making us think it's a trap. Or I might be overthinking it. He threw up his hands which might be exactly what it's trying to get me to do. Summer saw that Carmen was trying to squirm away from Ellis. He gripped her arm tight, but otherwise didn't acknowledge her. We need to stay calm. Think clearly. I think... Ellis paused a moment. I think you're right, though. It's daring us to try to trap it right now. All your data suggests it's not stupid then we can't do what it wants. Nathan took a couple of deep breaths. Okay. We have to assume this is a ploy or a trap. We can't leave the building and risk it getting out. So? We go to a room it can't enter and collect ourselves and weigh our options carefully. Ellis nodded. Nathan sidestepped past the now three frozen people, and once past them walked backward down the hallway, keeping his eyes on them. Summer was next, following his example and walking backwards down the hallway. The other three followed, blocking her view of the frozen woman and two frozen bald men. They were unnerving to look at, but not being able to see them was unnerving in its own way. They reached the end of the hallway, where it became an intersection, the left side leading to Nathan's office and the break room, and the right side leading to the locked file room and the bathrooms. She heard Nathan moving to her right, and dared a glance in that direction. Nathan was motioning for them to follow him that way. Summer wasn't sure. Will it follow us if we move? Nathan didn't answer, except to gesture at her more emphatically to follow. Dante brushed past her. Ellis put a hand on her shoulder and ushered her in that direction. She saw he still had a hand on Carmen's arm, presumably to prevent her running. They all stood clustered in the hallway outside the file room. Most of them were keeping an eye toward the way they had come, but Nathan was searching his pockets. Damn. They're in my office. Carmen jerked her arm free from Ellis's grip. 
We need to just leave. Ellis did not reach for her again, but still stood close enough to do so. We can't risk it getting out. Dante had his back to the wall and was staying slightly back from the group as though he didn't trust any of them not to be monsters. We haven't even called 911. Are we going to do that? Nathan walked past them toward his office without answering him. Summer pulled her phone from her pocket. I don't have any bars. Dante and Carmen checked theirs. Me neither. Summer gasped involuntarily as Carmen suddenly yanked her phone away from her. Hey! You have yours set to the Wi-Fi. Summer grabbed her phone back, slightly surprised that she could get angry at a moment like this. Don't just grab my phone! Carmen folded her arms defensively. I was just checking it. I'm capable of seeing if my phone has bars or not. Ellis was glowering at both of them. Your phones don't matter. We can't call anyone. Nathan squeezed past them. Summer heard the jingle of keys. Carmen grabbed Summer's hand. Summer, come with me. They can't keep us here. Summer didn't have a chance to answer before she was cut off by a harsh gasp from Ellis that made her jump. She saw Carmen's eyes widen in terror. Dante. Summer turned to see two Dantes. Both of them stood frozen in place, both frozen mid-step as though heading for the exit. Summer backed away and into Ellis, who put a hand on her shoulder. Nathan, get that door open. Carmen was inching her way down the hall away from them, her back against the wall. She got within a couple feet of the two Dantes and stopped. I'm not going in that room where we can be cornered. It can't follow us in there. Carmen shook her head, never taking her eyes off the two frowning men. You don't know that. You already said you don't know shit about this thing. Maybe it's trying to corner us. Even if it's not, what's your plan once we're locked in a room? We'll figure that out. No. Fuck that. You've been a good boss, but once my life's in danger, I'm done taking orders. I'm leaving. She took a series of very quick, deep breaths and bolted past the two frozen Dantes, disappearing around the corner. Summer heard Nathan swear from behind her before he ran past after Carmen, leaving the keys hanging from one of the locks. Everything was quiet. She could hear Ellis breathing behind her. Ahead of her, the two Dantes were still frozen mid-step on their way back to the lobby. And then, one of the Dantes fell apart. Summer heard herself gasp as the Dante closest to the wall just came apart before her eyes, collapsing into hundreds of twisted little pieces. They moved together in a mass around the corner and out of her sight. Sounds came from the lobby, whispering that didn't sound like Carmen or Nathan. The skittering again. Another whisper. Then Carmen screamed, and Summer found herself running into the lobby to help her, though she had no idea how she possibly could. In the lobby, the frozen thin woman was still unmoved. There were two of the frozen bald man again. 
Summer halted a few feet back from them and moved carefully around and past them, not taking her eyes off either of them. She half expected one of them to grab her, or worse, but they remained perfectly motionless. She backed away from them into the lobby and dared a glance sideways to see Nathan standing near the lobby doors. It took her a moment to realize that he was perfectly still. Carmen? Summer looked quickly to her left and right, still trying to keep an eye on the frozen people. She decided Carmen must have run outside and made up her mind to join her. She was slowly backing her way towards the glass doors when she heard a sob and then a voice. Don't go near the door. It'll kill you. Carmen crouched down, balled up really, behind one of the lobby chairs. She looked up at Summer with tear-filled eyes. It killed Nathan because it thought he was trying to leave without letting it go. Summer looked back at the frozen men and dared another quick glance back at Nathan. It did look like he had been headed for the door. In another two or three steps, he would have been outside. But he told us we couldn't leave. Carmen sobbed. It tore him apart. What are you talking about? He's frozen, but he's in one piece. Carmen took a deep, rasping breath, as though talking was difficult. No. No, no, it took him apart into little pieces, and then it... Another rasping breath. It put him back like that. Summer couldn't believe that. She looked back at the unmoving men. There would be blood. I don't know how it did it. Jesus! Summer went to Carmen and stooped to put an arm around her. Okay, okay, I believe you. Maybe we can just go. No! Carmen jerked herself free and scrambled backwards in alarm. Did you not hear me? It will tear us apart. Those people aren't going to move again. Do you understand? How could a human being be taken apart into pieces and put back together with no indication of it. Looking back at Nathan, he looked fine, just unnervingly motionless. There was something strange, though. Nathan's fanny pack, the one with the chain in it, was not around his waist. It was on the floor at his feet. Why would he have taken it off? Carmen? Did Nathan take that off, or did... Carmen shook her head. It fell off when he... when it... Okay. Summer took a deep breath and moved very slowly and very carefully toward Nathan. The creature had to be one of the two frozen bald men, right? When she was close enough, she dove for the fanny pack and scrambled away with it as fast as she could. Panting, she retreated all the way back to the far side of the lobby with her back pressed to the wall. She unzipped the pack with shaking hands. She pulled out the chain, which was neatly coiled inside. Carmen? Carmen was sitting on the floor, hugging her knees and sniffing tears back. Carmen, I need your help. The thing, 68 or whatever it's called. It has to be one of the bald guys because there's two of him. I know. I saw. Do you remember which one? The left one, I think. I'm not sure. All those little things, whatever they are, 
They moved over there and they became that guy. I I don't know how to explain. Don't worry about explaining. We'll just put the chain around both, and then we bolt for the door. Even if it doesn't totally stop it, even if it just slows it down a little. No! It'll kill us! Nathan said it's not very strong. He was wrong! It's so fast. Summer crouched beside her and put a hand on her shoulder. Look at me, Carmen. We'll do this together. We'll be super quick and out the door just like that. Carmen looked at her, and then looked past her, her eyes widening. Summer jumped and spun around and gave an involuntary yelp. Everyone had moved. They were surrounded by unmoving, unblinking people. Nathan, Dante, the thin woman, the bald man, and a second Dante were all crowded around them, blocking the path to the lobby doors. Ellis stood there among them. When he spoke, Summer gasped. Give me that chain. She heard Carmen scramble to her feet behind her. Ellis frowned and reached a hand toward her. It's okay. Give it to me. The chain jingled in her shaking hands. She took a step back. No. Ellis sighed. Don't be stupid. We know 68 is one of these two. He indicated the two Dantes. How do I know? She wasn't even sure what she was asking. Are you human? Ellis snorted. Don't be stupid. Give me the chain. She took a step back. Give me the chain before it kills someone else. He scowled. Damn it, if I was the creature, I wouldn't want to touch the chain, would I? I don't know. How do you know so much about it? I don't. No one does. Obviously Nathan didn't, and now he's dead. Do you know what it is? Give me the damn chain. You can question me after 68 is safely contained. Why were you people keeping that creature here in the first place? Give me the chain, you idiot. She shook her head. You could be tricking me. He took a step closer. And another. There are two of your friend here. Which means... Another step. That one of him is 68. I... Guess so. You guess so? I'm not going to die because you can't or won't use reason. Then everything happened in a rapid blur of horror. Summer was dimly aware that she was backing away, dimly aware of her own voice whimpering. Ellis made a grab for the chain. The Dante closest to him fell apart into tiny plastic pieces. The pieces swarmed Ellis's feet. They climbed and engulfed him. And then for an instant, he was gone. She heard a scream that had to be Carmen. A pile of tiny bits of flesh occupied the floor where Ellis had stood. The twisted bits swarmed over it like ants. They moved in a rapid blur. And then Ellis was back. Only now, he didn't move. The twisted bits that were the creature moved in a sluggish mass. Summer didn't wait to find out where it was going. She ran. The frozen people were blocking the lobby doors, and that only left the hallway. She wanted to get as much distance between herself and 68 as she could, 
and that meant the bathrooms at the far end of the hallway. How did you get in here? Summer let the bathroom door swing shut behind her. Carmen stood with her back pressed against the bathroom wall beside the sinks, her arms wrapped around her chest, her eyes red from all her crying. I ran. I didn't see you run in here. I ran when... I ran when it attacked him. Ellis? Carmen nodded. I guess you might have took off before I did, so I didn't... She wasn't sure. Okay. Maybe you did. Everything happened so fast. We need to figure out what we're going to do. We're going to die. Shut up. She realized she was still holding the chain. She unwrapped it from her hand partway and rewrapped it to make it easier to take off in a hurry. It talked before. I heard it in the lobby. You said it talked again? Carmen was staring at the tiles and didn't answer. We can try talking to it. Carmen made a sputtering sound of disbelief. Well, what else can we do? I don't think we can fight it. I don't know if this chain will even do anything. It's not going to let us leave unless maybe we convince it to. Carmen didn't answer. She sank down against the wall and buried her face in her hands. Well, I'm going to talk to it. All it can do is... Summer turned back toward the door but couldn't quite make herself walk out. Okay. Have to do this. She was still working herself up to opening the door when the sound of skittering in the hallway made her step backward instead. Don't go out there. Strangely, Carmen's plea helped her resolve. I'm not going to wait here to be murdered. She pulled open the door and called out. Hello? Is your name 68, or are you called something else? She was surprised her voice only quavered slightly. Her knees shook as she stepped into the doorway, skittering. I hear you. Can we talk, please? Taking a single step into the hall, she looked down the hallway but saw nothing. Hello? Skittering. I don't see you. I'm going to keep talking, okay? Can we work something out? I know you want to leave this place. So do I. At the end of the hall, she caught a glimpse of the twisted pieces moving across the floor before they skittered back around the corner. It was as if the creature had been trying to peek at her, but there was no reason for it to be afraid. Hello? She dared a step down the hall and the chain wrapped around her fingers jingled. Are you afraid of this? You think you can keep me here? Its childlike voice seemed to come from everywhere as the twisted pieces of the creature sped down the hall toward her. She threw up her hands, not sure what she was even intending to do, but the creature flew past her feet and into the bathroom, where Carmen was. Summer stood in place, unable to make herself go back, unwilling to abandon Carmen. She expected to hear a scream or to see Carmen run out crying, but there was only silence. There was only stillness and silence. Finally, she heard the skittering of the creature on the bathroom tile. 
she didn't want to see Carmen frozen. She turned and called to the creature through the door. Sixty-eight? If you want to be called something else, just tell me, okay? Silence. You're mad because Nathan and whoever he works for trapped you, is that it? Nothing. Or maybe you're mad about something else. It doesn't matter. Listen, I don't have anything to do with whoever put you in that box. I don't know anything about it. I just want to leave, and you do too, right? But you can't leave on your own, and you won't let me leave on my own. Right? There was a brief skittering sound that made her jump. The creature was closer on the other side of the door than she thought. Then let's make a deal. I'll help you leave if you let me go. Where would you go? Away? I don't want anything from you. I just want to live and not be trapped here. That's what you want too, right? I want to go. Okay. Then we help each other? You think you can trick me. No. No, we both want the same thing. We make a deal. I help you leave, and you let me leave. That's fair, right? You think you can trick me. But if I trick you, then you can just kill me, right? You killed everyone else. What would I be able to do? You are armed. You think you can hurt me. Summer looked down at the chain wrapped around her hand. If the creature was afraid of it, then maybe she could use it to escape. But that hadn't worked for Nathan. She wasn't even sure how the chain was supposed to work on the creature. She could guess, try to corral it, encircle it with the chain somehow, and probably die trying. Okay, you're right. I want you to trust me. Here. She unwound the chain from her hand, balled it up, and flung it away from her. It landed with a jingle as it hit the linoleum. Okay, I don't have it. Move away. Okay. Summer backed away a few steps. The twisted pieces of 68 skittered out from under the bathroom floor in a rush. They moved together in a mass, navigating around the chain and moving toward Summer. She had to force herself not to turn and run as the creature moved to within inches of her feet and stopped. You will help me out of this place. Yes. How do I do that? The exit is poison. Iron, you mean. I could carry you across in the box you were in. You think you can trick me? No. It wasn't right for those people to trap you. I want to help. Your friends. No, I just work here. Do you understand what that means? I'm only here because I have to be. I hate it here. There was a moment of silence in which Summer was very aware of her heart beating before 68 spoke again. We hate it here. Yes. Trapped here. Yes, so we can help each other, right? The creature said nothing. It moved slightly back and forth across the floor and then went still again. I'm gonna take that as a yes. Okay, so, I'm gonna go get the box, okay? Silence. What do you like people to call you? No people. Only me. Summer walked slowly toward the file room, 
careful not to make any movements that might provoke it. The file they had on you said you were from a different world or another planet. Is that right? What is your world called? This is my world. She unlocked the file room door and let it swing open inward. Are there any more like you? Like, do you have family or anyone? No. She stepped over the metal doorframe that Nathan had thought 68 would not be able to cross. She retrieved the box, but hesitated before going back into the hall. You mean there aren't any others like you? I am all there is. That sounds... lonely. She stepped back into the hallway. The creature wasn't moving. Yes. Yes, you're lonely? Yes. I'm sorry. She held out the box. I won't try to force you to do anything, but if you get in the box, I will carry you outside. Are you lonely? She set the box down on the floor for the creature and took two steps back. Sometimes. You are not like the other one. Summer wasn't sure how to respond and said nothing. You will not leave me in that? No, I won't. I'll take you outside if you promise not to hurt me. I would be lonely if you left me in that. Summer nodded solemnly even though she wasn't sure if the creature could see. I understand. Please don't leave me in that. I won't. Please. I promise. The twisted pieces of the creature moved toward the box, skittering around it in a half circle, before the pieces launched themselves the few inches up and over and into the box. Summer moved closer very carefully. She nudged the box with her foot. The pieces that were the creature were still and apparently inert. She reached for the lid, fearful that the creature would suddenly fly at her. But nothing happened as she shut the lid of the box and fastened the latch. Snatching up the chain from the floor, she wrapped it around the box as many times as it would go and set it down on the floor. I'm sorry. She left it there and ran for the lobby. The glass lobby doors felt icy as she pushed them open. Outside, the air was sharply cold and smoky. The ground was uneven, and something that might have been dead leaves crunched beneath her feet. But she saw no trees anywhere. She saw nothing but dark, jagged hills and twisted roots that sprawled along the ground. The only light came from the three moons shining above the horizon. She was alone. This has been a presentation of Brick Moon Fiction. Instance 68 was narrated by Leah Casey and written by Stephanie Jessup. Stephanie Jessup has published stories in various horror anthologies, including A Chimerical World, Tales of the Unseely Court, and Ugly Babies, Volume 2. She grew up in the sticky, swampy parts of Texas, but can also be found online at stephaniejessup.com.